Why do you hate history? I presume it's the dates that scare you. So I promise no dates over here. But have you ever wondered how English came to be the glorious language that it is used by almost everyone today? Well, mostly no, but you clicked here so buckle up for the ride. PS, I'm Sara, so now that I've sneaked that in, let's get started. Well, the history of English is perhaps too neatly divided into three periods, usually called Old English or Anglo-Saxon, Middle English and Modern English. But as the name suggests, it was derived in England. You see, way too many years back, it was under the Romans, who decided to leave after a crisp day and leave the native Celtic speakers like sitting ducks for invasions. And lo and behold, the Germanic tribes of the Angles, the Saxons and the Jutes, who are conveniently left out of everything, invaded England. Thus, the history of the English language really started with the arrival of these three Germanic tribes. Because the Angles came from Angleland and their language was called Anglesic. And so, it is from these words that England and English are derived. Damn, the Angles really walked over the Saxons. Well, the Jews were never really in the picture, so let's just forget about them. But these invading Germanic tribes spoke similar languages, which developed into what we now call as Old English. And it is definitely as old as it sounds, because Old English did not sound like or look like anything that we know of today. But some of the Old English words have survived, somehow, in an altered version, such as axol, asked, who, how, and beyond, be. Hence, English today remains a Germanic language at its core. But being Germanic does not mean that it is German, because they do belong to a same origin, that is, Proto-Germanic. Because there are still some words that describe these beautiful family bonds. Ironically, father and mother are of Old English descent. And if we compare it to modern German, they almost sound similar. For example, water and water. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Don't come and kill me. But now that we know the grandparents, let us move on to the parents. Middle English. Now, Middle English was characterized by two historical events, each of which led to each of which. Wow. <laughs> which led to new influences on English. Firstly, the Viking invasion. Okay, firstly, that was not as cool as how to train your dragon, but never mind that. But with them, Old English got mixed up with Old Norse, which was the language of the Viking tribes. Old Norse ended up giving English more than 2,000 new words, including give, take, knife, run. Oh my god, they sound exactly what a Viking invasion would give. <laughs> and of course, the basis of our favorite Marvel character, Thor, Vikings. Secondly, hey, who 
you throwing this much sand at me? Ah, it's the French. In ten... Wait, oops. Almost set a date. Well, a fellow named William the Conqueror, the Duke of Normandy, which is part of modern France, invaded and conquered England. I swear, why can't they just leave England alone? No wonder they had issues and decided to colonize the entire world, but okay, never mind that. But the new conquerors, called the Normans, brought with them a kind of French, which began the language of the royal court and the ruling and the business classes. But you might be wondering, hey, what happened to all English? Well, all English was left for the peasants, but despite this, it did continue to develop and grow by adopting a whole new host of Latin and French words. And the English language also became a lot more sophisticated with this, with concepts and words like liberty and justice being added to the mix. Thus, the mixture of Old Norse and French Latin words came to be called as Middle English. But it would still be difficult for an English speaker to understand today. But, well then, what can we understand? You guessed it, Modern English. Now, Modern English is once again divided further into Early and Late Modern English. Towards the end of Middle English, there was a sudden, sort of distinct change in pronunciation, with the pronunciation of vowels especially becoming shorter and shorter. This phenomenon came to be known as the Great Vowel Shift. And along with this, the renaissance of classical learning also added many new words and phrases to the language. Along with this, the invention of printing presses also brought about a sort of standardization. Spelling and grammar now became fixed, and even the new and first English dictionary was published during this time. But of course, how can we forget our favorite Shakespeare actually wrote during this time? I bet you thought he was ancient, but turns out he's even more modern than we thought. But wait, where is the English we speak today? Because even Shakespeare's language isn't that easy to understand. Well, that is late modern English. But the main difference between early modern English and late modern English is vocabulary. Late modern ang- <laughs> wow. Late modern English has many more words, which mostly arose from two principal factors. The number two is really starting to sound lucky now. <laughs> but yeah, firstly, the Industrial Revolution, with the arrival of this, many new words came to be, of course, to name new creations. And secondly, the British Empire said, okay, it's my turn to enter your lands now, sit down everyone. And thus, through their colonization, the English language adopted many foreign words from many countries. For example, India contributed to words such as chits, which comes from the word chitti, which is letter in Hindi. Ah, so English belongs to England. But wait, doesn't, wait, don't the Americans have their own language? Meaning their own English? Wait, well, actually, yes, but also, no. But I'm not spelling that to you over here. Head over to the next episode of English Euphoria for answers.
Why, hello there. I'm your resident English fanatic, Zara, and welcome to episode 2 of English Euphoria. Remember that question I left unanswered in the previous episode? Well, this is the answer. We ended up seeing that English as a language was so beautifully diverse, accepting, and of course, ever-changing. Thus, it is of no surprise to us that there exist many varieties of English. Two of the most well-known being American English and British English. Keeping with our last episode, historically America was actually once a colony of the British. But today, American English is perhaps more English than the English. This is mostly due to the US domination of television, music and even technology. But the language that Americans and the British share is a bit like a language that is spoken differently in two locations, differing in some way but understandable by both the groups of speakers. Ah, differing in some ways. But how exactly? What are the differences between British English and American English? Based on what I did just now, I think you can guess the most obvious difference accents. But this is very subjective and isn't really as solid as the other differences. I mean it was deserving of an honorable mention but if we go with linguistics 101, an accent is a varied pronunciation of a language, which well, y'all have already heard. But a dialect is a variety of a language that includes different vocabulary and grammar in addition to pronunciation. And that is why American English is really a dialect. Thus, as the definition suggests, one of the major differences between American and British English is vocabulary. Now, the Americans and the British have words that are very different from each other but often seem the same or if not similar meaning. In the US, people usually say garbage or trash. While in the UK, they generally say rubbish. That accent is rubbish. Even when it comes to a quick getaway from this horrible accent, Americans usually go on a vacation, whereas Brits go on holidays. Now, this is also possible in American English, but we are looking at the most generally used words in each location. It's more like words which the British favour and some words which the Americans favour. The key word being favour. For example, in the US, I would be going for a beer with my friends, even though I don't drink. But in the UK, I would say that I'm going for a pint with my mates. So you see, British people often use pint where Americans would say beer. And they often say mate, where Americans would say friend. But Brits also say beer sometimes, but pint is used frequently. There are many words like this, for example, sweater and jumper, chips and fries, biscuits and cookies. Ah, now I'm really getting hungry. But wait, now is not the time to binge. It's time for another difference. Grammar differences. Okay, wait, 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 hold up, don't skip ahead. I swear these grammar differences are actually pretty interesting. 
And I think one difference that most of us might have already noticed is that British English is considerably um, posher than American English. Now, this is because the British are more likely to use formal speech, such as shall, whereas Americans usually favor the more informal will or should. Secondly, in American English, collective nouns are usually considered singular, such as the band is playing. Whereas in British English, collective nouns can be either singular or plural, but it's usually the plural form which is favored. For example, the band are playing. Now, there are also some difference, past differences in different past tense forms. For example, in American English, the past tense of the word learn is learned, the D. While in British English, it is more common to say learnt. But as I had mentioned before when it came to vocabulary, both the forms are used in either country. But there is more of a tendency towards one. Another difference is that Americans tend to use the simple past tense when describing something that has just recently occurred. Whereas people in the UK are most likely to use the present perfect tense. For example, in American English, I would say, I ate too much. Whereas in British English, I would say, I've eaten too much. So sometimes past participles also have sometimes different forms. One of the best examples for this is the verb get. In the US, there is get, got, gotten. But in the UK, it's get, got, got. Thus, in the US, I haven't gotten any news about her. While in the UK, I've not got any news about her. Well, wait, I hope she's alright. But we gotta make a move on to the last difference that I'll be speaking about. Spellings! Now, American and British spellings are mostly the same. But there are a few differences. Now, this is largely because one man, Noah Webster, wait, is he related to Travis Scott? Well, no, he's the one whom the Webster Dictionary is named after. So he decided one day that, you know, I want to spell words the way that they sound. Thus, this resulted in some spelling changes in American English. Most, but well, not all words that end in RE in the UK and in ER in the US. For example, center. Center spelled C-E-N-T-R-E and C-E-N-T-E-R. Secondly, some words that end in N-C-E in the UK are spelled with N-S-E in the US. For example, license. L-I-C-E-N-C-E L-I-C-E-N-S-E Thirdly, the ending I-S-E in the UK usually becomes I-Z-E in the US. This is seen in words such as organize, spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-S-E O-R-G-A-N-I-Z-E Fourthly, and well, finally, 
Some words with O-U in the UK are simply spelled with O in the US. And I think most of us have gone through a dilemma with this spelling. Color. C-O-L-O-U-R and C-O-L-O-R. It's the same thing, kids. Don't let anybody tell you different. But, well, no matter the differences in vocabulary, grammar, or even spellings, it's still really English at its core. It kind of shows us how English has this beautiful quality to be flexible and ambiguous. So, whether you speak English like a Brit or like an American, you can still converse with the other without much difficulty. However, it is with great difficulty that I will have to take your leave. I know, I know, don't cry for me. But hopefully, you now know a little bit more about English than knowing it as the only subject you could excel at at school. English euphoria has to end. But then again, does it?